it's really about the customers. And when they give me kudos for what I'm doing, I'm like, all right, I can keep doing this because you are coming back here saying, please keep doing what you're doing for food or do what you're doing for Grand Rapids. So I think that that's the biggest thing for me is like having people that are outside of the organization say to me, you can do it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Total Michigan, where we interview ordinary Michiganders doing some pretty extraordinary things. I'm your host, Cliff Duvinois. So I'm still in Grand Rapids, and there are so many great stories here. And one of the things that I really wanted to do in Grand Rapids while I was here was to check out the downtown market. If you haven't been here, you really should come because this place is just full of really all kinds of cool shops. Anyways, I was able to connect with today's guest because I've never had anybody on the show before to talk about cheese. So that's what we're doing today. Today I have on the, sh- on the show, Amy Rice, owner of Aperitivo, as well as Art of the Table. Amy, how are you? I'm well, thank you. Excellent. So why don't you tell us, what is Aperitivo? We are a shop here in the downtown market in downtown Grand Rapids, and we sell cheese, charcuterie, wine, beer, and other gourmet foods. And we have a wine bar where you can eat all of those things, or you could take them home with you. So I guess my next question is going to be, is is it okay if I just move in? Sure. <laughs> Everyone should. I'll just bring <laughs> rations of wine to you at certain intervals. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> and it's cheese. Like four or five of my love languages yeah. that you just said there. So, okay. Let's take, it, let's take a little bit of a step back. So why don't you tell us where you're from and where you grew up? Oh, great question. Well, I'm kind of from Grand Rapids. I was born elsewhere, but I consider myself a Grand Rapidian. I grew up right here with a great family who was interested in food, but not in the industry at all. So this was just something that I love to do, but I'm right from here. And I love staying in Grand Rapids, even though I was going to leave at one point. Uh-oh. Drew me in. Uh-oh. Drew me back. So let's, take, let's unpack a couple of things. So first off, so you come from a family of foodies. Yes. My grandmother loved to cook and you had to have different colors of things on your plate, not drab plates. That's where I learned good things from. And then also my family loved to set a good table when they were, when we were sitting down to eat. It was always a fun meal to experiment with different things. Artichokes, blue cheese, anchovies, cheese. So what then brought you to Grand Rapids in the first place? I think my family just had a job change. That's what brought us to Grand Rapids. What kept me in Grand Rapids, I think, is probably the real question of I went to college and I was going to get out of here and I never left. I started working at a gourmet store called Haymarket Square, which was like all the kitchen implements you'd ever want, every gadget, all the dinnerware, cookware. And I started managing there, not knowing much about it. And it flourished into that being a sales rep for those products. And then opening my own shop, which I still own, called Art of the Table. And then Aperitivo jumped out of Art of the Table because we didn't have enough space. So we thought, why not do what we know we like to do? One of them is we loved cheese. And I had a cheesemonger on staff who said, let's do this. We need more space. So we started this together. And then secondly, we wanted a place to do wine tastings and beer tastings and get people together in a space to experience those things. And we don't have that space at Art of the Table. So we were just like, that's a retail shop. This is more of a place where you can come to the market and experience it as well as take it home with you. So you decided to open up Art of the Table. Why? 
I mean, there's easier things to do in life, like take up <laughs> golf or take up tennis or pickleball or something yeah. like that. But you decided to play entrepreneur. I like to say that I'm a little crazy because I love retail. I love retail a lot, like okay. to the extent that like that is my life. I, I love to do retail. I love to have people come to me to find good things that will trust me with that. I was saying that I was a sales rep earlier in my career as well. I tried that out and it was, oh, I won't call it a horrible experience, but almost. I just learned from it. And I learned that what I should not do is go drive my car to a store and ask them to buy things from me. It's just not me. And sure. so I realized that early on when I was doing that, after I'd already done retail for a while, that I really like retail. So I went back into the land of retail and opened a shop on Wealthy Street, which at that time we were the second thing to open. And it was a bakery that opened before us. And then we did a year later. And before that, it was basically like just a bad street. It had nothing and except for bad juju. Yeah. So we opened and things started happening 20 years ago. So that's really cool. Art of the table. What is it that you sell there? We sell basically the same things we sell here, but in a broader sense. So we have a lot of gourmet food. We have beer and wine and spirits there. We don't have spirits here, just there. Uh, and then also tabletop accessories, serving pieces, tablecloths, glassware, lots of cool foodie things. The reason I called it Art of the Table was all these things go on your table and I consider them art because somebody is making them for you and somebody's making this look like art because you're making a good table set. When you decided to do this, this is, this whole concept is more higher end. What made you think that you were going to be successful doing it? Well, if we were talking art of the table, I had no idea if I'd be successful. And I think that that was a very interesting time in my life when I was, my parents always said, you're young and you can fail and start over again. And you believed it. <laughs> and I believed it. So I just went for it. And I really have always just gone for it. And I don't know where I come up with that sense of myself that I can just, I'm going to try that. But I do. I try it. And Art of the Table could have been one or the other things. Obviously, this could have been too. But we rested on our laurels. Of people know us. People trust us. People love the product we're bringing to them already. Why would it not succeed? here in the downtown market. We have been successful for 10 years over here and just bringing people the things they want. And they're so thankful to have that. It is a higher end concept, but not. I feel like it's not out of reach for people, most people, I should say. I think that we have ways that people can experience our space in small ways, a small cut of cheese, a little bit of charcuterie, a little jam to go with it or to take home and do that on the budget end a little bit more. Or you can sit here and you can elaborately order all the food we have on the menu and bottles of wine or glasses of wine and experience that too. So you opened up Art of the Table and things started taking off. Were you surprised by that? Relatively, yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. I was, I was surprised at how well they took off as quickly as they did. Sure. I think Grand Rapids was hungry for that at that time. There are few places to shop for those kinds of things. There are a couple of those stores in town. There's a lot more of that, of this kind of food out there now at the bigger box stores. Grocery stores have fancy food as well these days. But I think that the way that we have always created it and attended to it and showed people that we care about it, um, I think is a really 
big change from a lot of the ways that people present good food. So Aperitivo was born out of the fact that you were running out of space mm-hmm. at Art of the Table. Because Art of the Table is primarily retail. Yep. Were, did you, at that time, did you have places set up where, where people could come and like have a table, invite their friends? No. And that's really why this was it, that we're, where we were like, this is an opportunity. When the downtown market opened, we were in here first. We're, we're originals, I guess I'd say. And so we didn't have a space to do that. So the opportunity was put this in front of people in a different way and let them experience a sit down. And we only, we've actually expanded since we opened during nice. COVID. So we only had about uh, 22 seats early on until three years ago. And now we have 60 plus the outdoor area when it's nice weather. So when you were thinking about opening up Aperitivo, why come to the downtown market to do it? I think that just knowing what they were attempting to bring into the food world through this one building was exciting because with a fishmonger, with a bread purveyor, with coffee people, yeah, all these things. And you were like, okay, well, if they're all going to be there, I should probably be there too. It would have been far easier for me to set up one block away from my location where I could just walk back and forth. That would have been great, but we wanted to give this a really good chance to show what it could do. And the opportunity for food people coming here was good. Why the focus on cheese and wine? I think we love to educate people. And I think that we want to expand people's horizons. And with doing run-of-the-mill that everyone else might do or doing just a jam, doing some place selling widgets of some sort that is easy to do, of course we choose cheese where it's, you know, a, a different whole it's an in-depth category. So is wine. So is beer. All these categories that we chose. I always choose the hard road, not the easy one, of course, right? <laughs> like, why didn't I do that? So I feel like we, we chose a thing that was interesting, that had growth that we could make here, and that we could just keep showing people that you don't need to just eat cheddar or you don't need to just drink that wine that you find at the grocery store. Like, we're going to take this product and this product, and we're going to mash them together. And if you, and you can have six different Rhone wines some night for a tasting, and you can have six different cheeses on that plate, all that create a different outcome of joy when you're having them and you never know which one. (laughs) But yeah, it's just an opportunity to let people try new things. And West Michigan's not always ready to try new things, I feel like. There was it was a little bit of a learning curve there, too, where you're like, well, how much Alpine Swiss cheese can we sell? How many things? But we told them this is good. Try this. And people believe us. And actually, that would be something worthwhile exploring is that educational component to it, because it's not only educating your customers to come up and, hey, let's try some different cheeses. Talk to us a little bit about that education process. How do you get? If somebody were to walk up to the counter and be like, you know what, this is all foreign to me. Mm-hmm. Like, where do you go? Where do you even get started? Yeah, we try really hard to educate our staff, like from the get go, like get them a lot of people. Some people come to us knowing a lot about cheese. 
but most people don't. So we have to just, you know, that's our staff kind of stuff. We have to get them intrigued in it too. They're intrigued enough to come work here, which is great. And then after that, you have to tell them all the stories because every cheese that we carry has a story. Why is it made? Why is it here? And so there's a lot to learn. There's a lot. And it's just wine's the same or beer's the same. There's a reason. And again, that goes back to the artistic part of this whole thing. Why is that here? Why did I choose that one versus I could have chosen this one? Might be $10 cheaper or might be more readily available, but I'd rather do the thing that is unique to it. So educating people, I guess, at that point is just trying to bring it, make it fun. And I think that we do make it fun. We've got people who are just like, have the best time handing out a sample and watching people's faces like, wow, that's awesome. Or, oh God, I will never eat that again. Get that out of here. Um, There are both, you know, we have all those. We have kids who are five years old, who are some of our best customers who are like, give me more of this cheese. And we have fancy, we have fancy kids around here now because they're like, (laughs) we have one kid who spends his birthday here every year since he was five and he's 12 now. He just spent his birthday here last week and he will, that's where he asks to go for his birthday. And he comes here with his parents and buys crazy cheese. And it's, it's really fun watching people grow up, you know, from little ones or just adults who are like, I only like cheddar. And the next thing you do is have, well, just try this. And then they're like, what does this taste like? Like, oh, it has notes of this or that. Oh, yeah, I taste that. Now I want to try something different. Those kinds of experiences, I think, with our staff is most fun. I always think that the busier times are so much fun because you just can, like, one person after another gets excited about things. <laughs> For our audience, we're going to take a quick break and thank our sponsors. When we come back, uh, Amy's going to talk to us a lot more about cheese, wine, bubbling. We'll see you after the break. Are you enjoying these amazing stories? Michigan is full of people that are doing some pretty extraordinary things. If you want these amazing stories sent directly to your inbox, head over to TotalMichigan.com, enter your email address, and get them today. What are you going to get? I'm glad you asked. First, you're going to join our awesome Michigan community. Second, you will get an email that includes the top five interviews from the show sent directly to your inbox. Third, you're going to get exclusive behind-the-scenes information about the show. There's a lot of things that are happening to grow this movement beyond the confines of just a radio show and a podcast. You'll get advance notice of upcoming guests and early access to their interviews. Now, to get all these goodies, just head over to TotalMichigan.com join. Enter your email address and join our awesome community today. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Total Michigan, where we interview ordinary Michiganders doing some pretty extraordinary things. I'm your host, Cliff Dubinois, and today I am hungry. So we're talking with Amy Rice, owner of Aperitivo, as well as Art of the Table, and we're actually sitting right now in Aperitivo. Amy, before the break, we were talking about the wonderful response of the customer base coming in here and trying out your cheeses, everything else like that. Starting any kind of business always has like its challenges, and there's always some point in time where you just like, you almost get frustrated. And I know you said that, you know, you're pretty tenacious, you know, when it comes to this, but why don't you share with us maybe one or two of the challenges that you had to overcome to make a a Aperitivo what it is today? I think the hardest thing in my whole career here at Aperitivo was I started with a business partner and I don't have a business partner anymore. And so doing it, on my own, I have had I had a fed, 
fantastic manager that was here for a very long time. And I've had different people, you know, supporting me in supporting roles as we go. But I think the hardest thing is just doing a business, being the manager of this business and of my other business. I also have a manager there. But between that, there's a lot to do as a business owner. And I love when when I started, people would say, oh, your store's open only from 10 till 8. It must be nice sleeping in. <laughs> things like, oh, really? You clearly I, don't have a clearly, business. Clearly, yes. I, yes. I get up and get going most days. And I have some flexibility in that, but also there's a lot to do and I never quite get it done. And especially during the holidays, it's 24-7 that I take naps, I say, like in the middle of the night during the holidays. That's about it. Because <laughs> that's all this time I have for sleep. But the, yeah, I would say that there have been difficulties in that structure that I have of this business. I also think that the market itself is it ebbs and flows. It's whether people come to see us is whether they're excited or not about the market at that moment, if they think it's good or bad. So I think Grand Rapids is a little finicky in that. And so there's a little bit of, oh, the market, is it really doing well? Are you doing okay? And I'm like, well, come find out and help us be okay. You know, so that's what my biggest message always is to people is like, don't assume it's good or bad. Get in here um, and experience what we've got going on. So um, I think that that would be my, those would be my downfalls. Also, I can't do all the roles. We have a kitchen. We have server servers. We have experts in cheese and charcuterie. And that's hard to be an expert of all, especially when you're trying to oversee it. So I would say that that's my hardest stuff. Has anybody ever given you like a, a piece of advice when you're doing this that has helped you and sustained you as you go? Well, I've got a couple, but one is customers. It's really about the customers. And when they give me kudos for what I'm doing, I'm like, all right, I can keep doing this because I'm doing it because you love it. And you are coming back here saying, please keep doing what you're doing for food or do what you're doing for Grand Rapids or do what you're doing for, you know, myself too, like, because I love it. So I think that that's the biggest thing for me is like having people that are outside of the organization say to me, you can do it. Um, And then I have a really great support team, I guess I would say, which is my husband, my sister, my mom, and then everyone who works for me, who's like rooting for us to be good. So I have a, a good cheering squad which is good. Let's pretend that I've never been to a cheese shop before. The only experience exposure I've had to cheese is like, you know, whatever I can find on the shelf at the grocery store. What should people be thinking about when they come into a cheese shop? I think that I always tell people in cheese and also it really works well with wine and everything like to really think about what it is you've liked in the past and haven't liked in the past. And go off of your comfort zone a little bit in what you've liked. So like, hey, I've loved cheddar all my life or I've loved Gouda, but I've only ever had smoked Gouda. Well, try an aged Gouda. So move that needle a little bit and being willing to try something. And then also, I think on the opposite side, being willing to try something that you've not liked before and say, I'm going to try that again because it might be different. For example, we probably have the, the thing we hear the most from people is, I hate blue cheese. That's the one people don't like. But we have 14 blue cheeses over there right now. And I think if people say, I don't like blue cheese, 
that's not fair to blue cheese. <laughs> blue cheese needs an audience of this one's ultra creamy and this one's ultra salty. And this one is the, it's a compass of blue cheese and there's no two are made the same, which is why we have 14. And the same with Gouda and the same with cheddar. We sell, we have our favorite cheddar that we sell 10 to 50 pounds a week, depending on the season. And people love that cheddar if you put it in their mouths, but also, you know, don't feel bad for the, or feel bad for the other cheddar that's sitting there. We've got to try that one too. So I think that having people be willing to go off of their, like, I only eat cheddar helps when you walk into a shop like this. Just have an open mind. It's interesting you say that. I was thinking back to, uh, I'm a big Anthony Bourdain fan. And in his book, he talked about cheese that smells like foot. Yes. <laughs> and I just remember, like, I wanted to be totally adventurous and have that. Yeah. So I go into a cheese shop. My only exposure at this point is like cheddar cheese. <laughs> and I go in there and I find cheese that smells like foot and I bite into it. And holy sweet Moses. Yeah. You know, I was like, I don't think I'm quite ready for that. <laughs> Put it off to the side. Yeah. <laughs> but sometimes I like to say the bark is worse than its bite. And so sometimes you might find a cheese that smells like feet or ammonia or whatever. But if you just take a little piece of that cheese and you're like, all right, here we go. And it tastes creamy and salty and delicious. And yet, but you have to move the needle slowly, I think. Again, right. going back to like, if you're starting on cheese, we don't need to give you the stinkiest blue cheese that smells like socks and feet. You don't want that. We just want you to like it. The wine, the bubbly that you guys have. I will say this right now for the record. Your collection here is impressive. I mean, it's like you were talking before about how you don't have cab on the menu. because. So I guess my question to you is a lot of the wines that you have here are from outside of the U.S. Why why go that route? Several reasons. I think that while I really do like some certain wines that are made in the U.S., I think that European and beyond wines are tend to be more interesting. They are usually more small batch. They're usually, at least the ones we pick, we try to do small batch things, things that are made by people. I've met a lot of people who make the wines that we sell. Um, that's important to me, that they are made well and made by a person. We can't only have wines that are maybe tiny batch because that just leaves you in a place where you can't have variety of price often. But even in our variety of price, we try to have even our lowest, lower end stuff be things that we can be proud of, like great examples of a cab or great examples of a Sauvignon Blanc. We have those here, but we also have some things that are more esoteric and are different uh, grape varieties. So yeah, I just tend to try to find things that impress me and are unique to me that come my way. The next question I have, if somebody is coming here, what would be like some cheeses you would recommend that they would try? I would recommend everyone to try something that, again, pushes their comfort zone to something that's either stinky blue, either blue or alpine cheeses, German cheeses, that kind of thing. There are a lot that are just like a little bit more in that feet zone. But, but I would also say to try something just fresh and like a brie or like a goat cheese, something that is just independently made small. We like I have certain ones that are my go to's. I also think that people should try sheep's milk cheese more. Sheep's milk cheese is delicious and soft and elegant. 
then a lot of people might say, what does that really taste like? Like sheep's milk just isn't what people go for. Right. Um, but try them. They're delicious and they're rewarding. So I think St. Saint Rocco Brie is um, a brie that's made here in Benton Harbor in Michigan. Um, oh, nice. Proud of that. Proud of Trillium, which is um, Tulip Tree Trillium, which is down in Indianapolis. We have two of the best U.S. brees right here within hours of us being made. And so we can get them here quickly. And they are delightful. And we have things from Spain that I would love to go visit these creameries. And like <laughs> all this great stuff comes back to us that is just so perfectly textured and yeah. lovely. I could go into more detail, but I really think that People should try things that they haven't seen before. And Amy, if somebody's listening to this interview and they want to come check you out, sample some cheeses, find you online, where can they do that? They can do that here at the Downtown Market uh, in Grand Rapids. 435 Ionia is our address. We're in this big, lovely building. It's a LEED certified building, which is really cool. It's really pretty here. And we're here 11 to 7 weekdays and then 11 to 8 on Friday. Saturdays 10 to 8 and then Sundays 10 to 7 as well. So we're here seven days a week. You can easily find us. Our website is aperitivogr.com and there are lots of things on there. You can see our menu. You can see our some of our selections that we carry here in wine and food. And classes. And classes. Which we didn't even have time to yes, cover. Yes. Yeah. We have really fun things happening. We try to keep that going on a at least one a month of those and yeah we really like to educate whether it's one or two people at a time or a lovely group setting at a table amy thank you so much for taking time to chat with us today i really appreciate it thank you and you're welcome and for audience you can always roll on over to totalmichigan.com click on amy's interview and uh, get the links that she mentioned above we'll see you next time when we talk to another michigander doing some pretty extraordinary things we'll see you then